What's up, party people? Welcome back to part two of our one-year anniversary extravaganza. I'm Jeff, of course, joined by my friend Lacan. Say hi, Lacan. Hi, Lacan. <laughs> okay, so this is actually the third time we are recording this opening preamble. Uh, this will probably be the second, at least the second time we record this episode. Yeah. So we um, originally got together... Uh, by the way, I'm in my sister-in-law's bedroom right now, recording this over Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> uh, we actually recorded the full episode twice. Well, basically, like, like an episode and a half last week. Um, yeah. your, your, the program that shall not be named didn't record us the first time. Uh, so we had like a half-hour recording. And then the second time it recorded us, and it sounded jank, right? Was that the case? Uh, basically, yeah. Um, there was a screw up on my end. Technical issues happened, and I basically just lost all of the audio from Jeff's end. So, like, my my right. audio recording was perfectly fine. Unfortunately, Jeff's uh, got corrupted, and then I tried to salvage it, and I couldn't get it back. Basically, right. So here we are, um, trying to trying to get this damn episode out, uh, despite all sorts of divine uh, punishment against us here. And it is something that's that's really cool. It's something that's going to give people a you know a better look at our gaming histories, and a little bit more about, about who we are. And everybody loves a top five list, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone does. So for this, uh, we're going to do our top five games. Now, for me, um, this is going to just be games. Obviously, for me, and I know for you, Lacan, fighting games mean a lot to you. They mean a lot to me. So it's rather difficult to find out where fighting games rank on my all-time list. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excluding fighting games. I'm also excluding sports games just because, again, like there's no way that I can put NFL 2K5 on this list. But that game does mean a lot to me, right? So yeah. it's challenging to, to find a place for that to fit. Also, the other thing that I didn't realize is I don't have any rhythm games on here either. Mm. Another genre that means a lot to the two of us. Yeah. And... That's something that, um, you know, I hadn't really considered, but that's also something we can do in the future, our top five rhythm games and, um, you know, just, just something else that we can do. Because, again, that's a genre that means a lot to us, but I don't think was represented in either of our lists. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, again, as before, we've already recorded this once. We we well, actually, because it's been over a week now since we recorded, I honestly forgot what your top five in the first place was. But I remember Good. we had a couple things lined up in in our honorable mentions list, at least. Right. Yeah. But um, so I do have an OLI. I, I have an expansive outside looking in list with no rhythm games. Yeah. Same. Same on my end, too. Um, I have like I have a fighting game on my uh, my honorable mentions list. But it's like not a traditional fighting game. But I do have I do have a fighting game on my list for my top five. Right, right. So for me, it was just it was too difficult to figure out. I always rack my brain trying to figure out where to put, you know, Capcom versus SNK two. Where do I put Street Fighter two? Where do I put Street Fighter four? Yeah. Where do I put you know all, all these games in relation to these other games that mean a lot to me? It's easier to just segment them and um, you know keep them on their own list. So. That's kind of why I did what I did. Um, yeah, so <laughs> here we go. Uh, third time's the charm. Uh, please make sure that everything's recording and is actually like yeah. playing. 
Yeah, I, I hear everything's going. Everything the record button is on, and uh, we're recording through OBS this time, just because we're. I, I mean, as I'm sure you guys can tell, uh, Jeff's using the crunchiest mic of all time here. <laughs> <laughs> I have my Bluetooth headphones in. I'm happy I at least brought them. This Otherwise, sounds, it would have been even worse. <laughs> this sounds like an Xbox microphone, straight up, bro. I love, I love it. <laughs> That's okay. I know nothing says one year of party XP that me recording on a. $25 Bluetooth headset. <laughs> I think like, I think it just adds to the charm of uh, how, how we actually try to make this podcast happen as much as we possibly can. <laughs> right. And imagine what's going to start happening when we start charging you for this or, or, yeah. you know, start putting ads in these things. Exactly. You're going to get what you, you're going to get what you pay for. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we tried to, we tried our best to, you know, up the production value over time. And I think we've done a pretty good job of it. And we've been doing uh, as much as we can uh, in, in terms of like <laughs> how we actually try to make the show happen. Because obviously, again, we 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 both like live regular lives outside of this podcast as much as we want want to, um, you know, to make this our full time gig. But you know, we have to make compromises wherever we can to make the show happen. And again, it's, it's also like a, again, this is like a passion project. We we want to do this show, right? Exactly. Uh, so, what better way to prove that than to record this in, uh, you know, my sister in law's bedroom with a pair of Bluetooth headphones? <laughs> Hey, this is our third third attempt at this point. We, we are we are trying our hardest to make this episode happen. <laughs> in a minute, I was just right. I was just going to put it in Morse code and, and put it out there into the ether. <laughs> Not even put it on the main feed. Just just put it somewhere. I don't even know where. <laughs> put it on paste paste bin or something. Yeah, and that that, that would have been the second episode, right? <laughs> okay, All so right. So without further ado, I'm going to get into my OLIs because I recall that I, I had a few more than you. Uh, there was also a little bit of overlap with some of my OLIs and some of your, the you know, the games on your list here. So let me rifle through a few here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, two of my very much beloved action RPGs, Fable 2 and Kingdoms of AMLR. If you haven't already listened to it, you can check out the Kingdoms of AMLR episode uh, where I go through how much I love this game and how much it changed gaming for me. Fable 2 is also on here. I kind of lumped them together because they are both action RPGs. And I probably have 200 hours played between both of them. So, like, I I love these games so much. Um, I also have Super Meat Boy, which another game that really took to me and, and Super Mario World. So those are kind of two platformers. I do have a third platformer on this list, but we're going to talk about it on your list, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah, they, I believe so. Okay. so. Obviously, Super Meat Boy kind of revolutionized platformers. I love platformers. You'll see that on my top five list. Um, Super Mario World as well, a game that I, I have tons of hours. It's a game that I, I go back to pretty regularly between the music, the gameplay, uh, the, the level design. It, it's it's a really fantastic Mario game. It's, it's obviously one of my top three, maybe. Mm. Probably Mario games, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know really obviously love this game another game that that you know tugs at my heartstrings i've talked about it i think at least once or twice on this podcast is the nes game kung fu yeah i i love this game and uh for whatever reason i just i love kung fu i love this game um it's one of my big two nes games with ice hockey but i said no no sports games so (laughs) i didn't put it on here uh kung fu is one of the two games that i will always gravitate towards for nes i don't know what it is that opening jingle. And just the simplistic gameplay of just going. And, and I don't know, man, it's just the game that stuck with me. 
you know, it was one of the first games that I had with my NES. I'll always love it. So, so that's kind of why it, it, it's on here. And lastly, I, I've spent too much time playing these games to not include them, but you know, Warcraft three and the frozen throne. And then mm-hmm. of course, Wrath of the Lich King and World of Warcraft, um, my favorite World of Warcraft expansion, the game that I go back to and, and play quite often. I even, you know, rigged the, up a connection to a private server to play Wrath of the Lich King. Oh, wow. Uh, I played WoW Classic. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's just my favorite expansion of, of this game that I've spent so much time playing. And the game that got me into World of Warcraft, obviously, was Warcraft 3 with the Frozen Throne expansion. Mm-hmm. Just lots of good times, lots of good memories. Yeah, that's so, a solid. That's, that's a solid list. Like, I, like again, like all the games on there are like you know games that, like I've, I've again I've played a, played a majority of these games as well too. Um, also again, just agree that they're good games in general. Um, yep. the kung the kung fu thing, yeah, like I'm I'm on the same boat with you. Like it's one of those things that like if I whenever I like uh, hook up my NES or one of my um my uh, like the modernized like emulator console, right, the one that you actually have to plug the actual cartridge into to play it. Like it's right. one of those things. I'm like, I'm gonna find this thing and pop it in myself as well too, so I can actually get some time on it. Like, uh, I still, it's one, I haven't beaten it still, even as like as a grown ass man. Like, I haven't gotten back to it like in a while. So like, I should probably go like actually back and play it because as a kid, I'm, I like, did I've beat really it as a grown man. <laughs> I did beat it as a grown man. Um, just sheer will and determination. <laughs> I just I ended up beating it, and you know, having having a background in fighting games didn't hurt either. Mm. You know, try learning like footsies with the boss and everything. Like yeah, it didn't yeah. hurt. Yeah, it makes sense. But, but so those are my OLIs. There are two games on here that I think are going to cross over with yours. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to get into your OLI, like your, you know, honorable mentions, and then once you bring up yours, I'll jump in with my games in the same universe. Yeah, yeah. Just just hop in whenever whenever uh, I bring it up, okay? Uh, so the first game, um, uh, so again, my all of my mentions and all of my top five are in no particular order. Um I'm just going to go from the top of my list here. Uh, I have Super Smash Brothers series, specifically Brawl. Uh, I know this is a bit of a contentious game for a lot of people, um, but for um, me and like our crew of friends, like this is the game that we all spent a lot of time on. Um, especially like yeah. really getting into this game because like you know this was like around like the end of high school for us, right? Or, like into early college, we had a lot more free time to play video games, and this is the game uh, in the series specifically, the one that got me into playing competitively. Um, I remember getting to a point in Melee and Brawl where I decided it was time to reach outside of my comfort zone and out of our circle of friends to start playing people I've never played against before in person. Um, this is a really, really big game for me. Again, I know a lot of people like didn't like Brawl. Um, it changed the gameplay a lot between Brawl and Melee. Um, but this game specifically is like a really, really big uh, part of why I started playing games even like slightly competitively. It's like starting to go to in-person tournaments and trying stuff out, basically. For the next game on my list here, I have the Halo series, specifically 3 and Reach. I know a lot of people love Halo 2, uh, but uh, I didn't have good enough internet, especially at the time, to really play Halo 2. I didn't have Xbox Live on the Xbox for Halo 2. But by the time 3 came out, and even more so Reach, uh, on the 360, I had Xbox Live. Uh, we were all really kind of in that like you know ecosystem of playing games, multiplayer, online, and just this is the one that like we just i just had the most fun in this like in those two specifically out of the halo series yeah so i i'm going to cut in here because halo 2 was on my olis and you know what um because we recorded this episode multiple times i also put halo reach on my oli because Mm. you talk about two games that pro family you know you talk about these games that impact you right and this is a a favorite games list 
And, um, you know, I talked about it quite a bit when we talked about reach last time and I'll talk about it here. Now I still get goosebumps from the last mission of the reach campaign. So if you've never played reach or if, if you haven't played it in a while, the final mission of the campaign sees your entire fire team die. You play as noble six, one of the last Spartans, all your other teammates, all your friends are dead. It's you and wave after wave of the covenant and the mission subtitle just tells you to survive. Yeah. And when I replayed this game on the Master Chief Collection a couple months ago, it still gave me goosebumps to see just the word survive mm. down there. Um, for me, Halo 2 was also a big thing because I did have the early Xbox Live for Capcom versus SNK2. <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I had a Halo 2 um, on Xbox Live, and that was kind of the first place where I kind of learned how to play games online to interact with other players and, and, you know, work together. And also it really helped me learn how to talk shit. So <laughs> I got really good at talking shit on Halo 2 and, and yeah. fucking with people in there. So um, I will always love Halo 2 for that. Halo 2 is also just a bitching campaign. It's got one of the best campaigns. Again, you talk about the final mission yeah. where you're you're driving through and, and it has the, you know, da 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 classic Halo theme. Yeah. Leaving exactly. the... The, the what is it the halo or the, the halo I forget, itself i believe I yeah, I think it was yeah and i mean it, that's another one that I, I need to go back and play i was in the middle of playing halo one and then you know baby happened yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i was trying to go back and play them all but you know life got in the way hopefully um you know i can get back to them pretty soon but i i will just always love halo 2 actually it's funny you mentioned halo 3 i didn't have that much of an attachment to three for whatever reason. I don't know. I just, I missed it, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I'm happy to hear that, you know, Halo's on your list somewhere. With Reach specifically, there there is also that section where like, um, because I know like, you know, all of the Halo's had like a competitive, like online multiplayer kind of deal, right? It was a casual and like uh, ranked whatever, or competitive list. But in, um, in Reach for me is where it clicked because they had the game mode specifically arena, right? That was their ranked mode where, mm-hmm. You know, me and the guys, you know, inc- you know, occasionally you'd hop in with us as well, too, where we would do the um, arena with, you know, no uh, movement, se- motion sensor, uh, only the only the human weapons were on the map. And we like learned the weapon timings and the map rotations and how to properly swing gunfights into our favor. Um, it's a, like a big thing of this game was like learning how to team fight properly. Right. Especially if, especially in a shooter versus like, you know, games at the time you know, like COD, right? You know, like just trying to pub stomp and just being like a one-man army, you know, lone wolf wolf it out kind of deal. This game got us to play a lot more focused and actually like learn how to play an arena shooter in the first place. So that, that, that kind of just leads into why, again, this game is so important to me and like, you know, so impactful to me, especially growing up and, you know, in, in into like my early adulthood, basically, for this game. Um, next game I've got on my list here is uh, League of Legends. Uh, probably the game that I put the most time into. Uh, Jeff introduced me to this game. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, this was my main game for like nine to ten years. Jeff got me into this game around season two or so. I want to say like Ari and Victor were still new at the time. Um, I never got super good at it, but I can just think of like an end of this trove of like good memories uh, and bad playing this game. Uh, you know, I've got like, clips on my computer still from when I was playing this game. And um, because when Jeff got me into this game... I had just gotten back into PC gaming. Uh, I had I was still using my old PC, which was not great at the time. Um, I was playing like you know Counter Strike Source, you know like Age of Empires, uh, 
you know, kind of just like really easy games for my computer to run. And this happened to be a game that I could run as well, too. It also allowed me to play like, you know, pretty fun multiplayer at the time. And the game was free to play. Uh, perfect timing because I was also in college. So I was a broke college kid, like like most of us were. Uh, and I could just like dump t- like hours into this game. And then it's funny because I want to say a couple months later, Jeff ended up falling off this game anyway. <laughs> And basically, I ended up playing this by myself, or not by myself, but I ended up having to find like other people to play with. And you know, I I, I got to um, a regular play cycle with my church friends. Um, but yeah, like this game was again like nine to ten years or so. I, I dumped into this game, probably the the game I put the most time into altogether. I want to say of all the games that I've ever played. Well, you know what knocked me off of League of Legends? I'm just thinking of the timing. I think Street Fighter. Yeah, I think like Super Street Fighter Four knocked me off of League of Legends. Yeah, that makes sense for you because we also that's also around the time I I started getting back into Street Fighter as well. Um, mm-hmm. But like League of Legends was like just like the comfort game for me. You know what I mean? I can I could just right. like hop online. You know, there's there's five of us all together on a team, and we would just hop onto raid call or team speak or whatever you know, oh. whatever uh, we were using at the time. Maybe even XSplit at one point or X Fire, uh, and then. Of course, Discord later down the line, but like, you know, we can just sit there. It would kind of be like the background game while we're just playing stuff. You know what I mean? Like we, we just have full on conversations while we're playing this game. Uh, next game I got on my list is uh, technically two games is Mega Man 2 and Mega Man X4. Uh, these are two of my favorite Mega Man games. Uh, two was the first one I ever played since we owned it as, uh, you know, as a kid. We had an NES and stuff. And the first one I ever beat, I want to say I was like 11 or 13, somewhere between 11 to 13 when I first beat it. Uh I can still beat it to this day. Like it's like the game that like I remember when I got the Mega Man Legacy Collection is like the first one I hopped into and immediately started like you know speed running through uh, Bubble Man stage. Awesome soundtrack too. X Four, while not likely the first of the series that I played of the X series that I played, it was the first one I was aware of playing because like I'm sure when I was a kid I probably borrowed the uh, Mega Man X One, Two, or, or Three uh, from like Pathmark. I know that's a very weird statement to say, but Pathmark used to rent out games alongside uh, Blockbuster and West Coast Video. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a wild thing, I think, for some of us. Yeah, very, very, it's a, again, it's a strange sentence for, even for me to say now, like looking back on it. But we used to borrow them for like a week or whatever, right, and play the games. And maybe I might, might play the other ones, but like, this is the first one I was like, sure, we played because... Well, one, we own it, and it was on PS1, which was, like again, like a large chunk of like my gaming you know, experiences growing up was mostly on PS1 and PS2. But we owned X4, and we played the hell out of it, and again, probably like one of my favorite Mega Man games of all time. And I know, I know it gets memed on a lot, um, mostly because of the anime cutscenes. Um, hell yeah. Yeah, but like, again, the music slaps in this game. It's still just just as hard. And uh, I was mostly an, uh, an X player. Uh, my brother Gabe was the zero player of the us two, and we would just, you know, we would just take yeah. turns basically playing both of the characters. Yeah, I played zero. X four was actually one of. I think X four might actually have been the first Mega Man that I ever played. And really? I didn't even play as X. I played as zero the whole time. Yep. That's really late. That's wild. Because like, again, that's, that's PS one at that point. That's crazy. I know. I don't know. I just I missed them. I don't know. Hmm. You know what it was? My cousins never had them on NES. So when oh, okay. I got the NES as the hand-me-down, I just went off of what they had. Gotcha. Between the Super Nintendo and the regular Nintendo, they didn't have Mega Man. Okay. So, like, all of my stuff was influenced by that. So, I just, I missed Mega Man until X4, and then, I don't know, I, I don't remember. I just remember seeing it at Blockbuster. I rented it, 
and then I saw the cool red guy with the sword, and then I saw the dragon that shot Hadoukens and Shoryukens, and I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, then the fact that you're actually, one of your abilities actually is straight up a Shoryuken. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I love X4 as well. Yeah, fantastic game. Um, I actually just got another copy of it recently. I got one with a not destroyed jewel case and the manual and all the stuff. I got my hands on it. Um, and I put it right next to the old beat up copy that we've had for years at this point. Um, next yeah, I should probably beat that. I'm on Sigma. I should probably beat that yeah, one of these days. That, I, I'm on Sigma. The Sigma fight is like pretty rough. Like even like you know mm-hmm. as a, as a kid, yeah, like, the game's like hard. You know, it's hard, right? But like I played now as an adult, like my hands cramp. Like it, yeah, you know what it is too. I'm playing it on the Switch um, anniversary collection or whatever it is, the yeah. X anniversary collection. Yeah. The Switch hardware is not ideal no. for um the tightness that you need in these Mega Man games. Like if I could play this with an Xbox or a PlayStation controller, I'd be much happier. But uh, it there, is what it is. There are converters for it, so let me know if you want to borrow one. I can, I can get, I can grab you a converter for it. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, uh, yeah, like, one of these days. Yeah, event, one of these days when we're actually free to like you know actually interact in person again. Um, even 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 last week when we tried to when we got the chance to record this in person, it was still like rough. Like we had a, we had a very short window to actually make it happen in the first place. Again, life life comes at you fast. And next Hell game, yeah. Next game I got on my list is uh, Titanfall Two. Uh, I'm sure that mm-hmm. I've mentioned it before how much I love Apex Legends. Uh, Titanfall 2 is in the same universe, and that's basically what Apex Legends is. It's, uh, it's Titanfall light, basically. Uh, move fast, shoot fast. The pinnacle of movement shooters, honestly. Uh, I love the series. The game is probably one of the best shooters I've ever played, period. Um, this is the game that like really brought me into like movement shooters in the first place. Uh, wall running, grappling hooks, fighting in giant mechs and rodeo riding them. It's just perfection. And, you know, like, also, like, you know, aside from being, like, a really fun arcade shooter, there's giant fucking robots in it. Like, you know, Jeff and I are big fans yeah. of Gundam. So, like, we also, like, oh, you're mm-hmm. telling me, like, I can, like, hop in and hop out of this, like, giant mech and fight alongside it, basically, or hop in and pilot it myself? Yeah, this is great. This is amazing. And I can just, like, punch humans and they just explode when I hit them. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, Titanfall's great. Um, it's, it's funny because, actually, there's a, apparently, I, I, just, I was reading it, uh, reading it online, and I saw a video recently. There is a bit of a resurgence in the more casual community to movement shooters. Like, apparently, a lot of people are kind of, ter- like, changing their minds a little bit on, like, what is it? Uh, Call, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare and Infinite Warfare, whatever it's called. The ones that were, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, again, kind of like the wall-running COD games. They, before, people didn't like them, and then Titanfall 2 came out, and people liked that, but it was kind of buried between a COD game and a and a Battlefield game. But now people are kind of like changing their minds and they're, you know, having a bit of a change of heart on the uh, movement shooter uh, COD games, basically. So it's kind of cool. Uh, Black Ops 3, I think, I think was also another one, too, that had the wall running mechanics. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's cool to see a lot more people kind of coming back into movement shooter, uh, like, you know, kind of liking them again. I think it's time. Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think it's time for a movement shooter to properly, like, mm-hmm. actually grab the public's attention. Yeah, I played the crap out of the first one. I don't know. I just, I, again, like I missed the second one. I don't know what happened. I just, I missed the second one. But I played a lot of the first one. And uh, I really dug it. Obviously, like you mentioned, I'm into giant robots. I think I think what ended up happening was there were just more Gundam games that came out and that like mm. came stateside. Yeah, that so it true. was like, well, I'll just play the Gundam games whenever I, I'm not playing a fighting game or an MMORPG or, you know, trying to survive corporate life and <laughs> all that. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get around to maybe having you trying out Titanfall two of the campaign at least. Have you, you never played the Titanfall two campaign? I did. I played the Titanfall okay. campaign. It's great. Yeah, so, okay, so Titanfall two specifically. Okay, yeah, there we go. Because yeah, because yeah, uh, Titanfall one didn't have a campaign, which is weird. 
Uh, but Titanfall 2... It had, like, a multiplayer campaign. If you remember, yeah. it was a weird thing like that where you could play the campaign and depend, like, regardless of what happened, the story progressed. Um, yeah, yeah, very weird because I, I know, I know there's also, like, a point where, like, you couldn't progress unless you, like... Uh, like unless you played it back then where the servers are still active right but like now essentially you can't finish the game now uh because of the fact that the servers are essentially dead yeah yeah, yeah it's very unfortunate uh next game we got on my list here uh sonic 2 i realize now i don't have any notes from sonic 2 still uh we talked about it last week <laughs> i still haven't put anything on there but like i don't know like if i do i need to explain anything about sonic 2 like it's awesome i don't like, think so yeah right I, um i personally think sonic 2 is better than sonic 3 uh I know I'm going to get hate from at least one of our friends for, or at least one of our two of our friends uh, for saying that. Um, but yeah, Sonic 2, like, I don't know, man. Sonic 2 is just a really tight platforming game. Um, it's really, you, you just get to go fast. And then, of course, the actual slowdown, a little bit and play it like a proper platformer, right? But like the music in this right. game is iconic. Emerald Hill Zone, uh, Chemical Plant Zone is like awesome, yes, amazing. Uh, casino, casino Zone is also very good. I remember at one point when I was at work, I had a, I had a ten hour loop of Chemical Plant Zone playing uh, on the work computer, just plugged into the speakers. And like one of my coworkers would come see me in the beginning of the shift, and then like kind of walk away, and then realize a couple hours later, come back and I'm like, oh, you still listening to this? I'm like, yes, I am. It's a ten hour loop. I'm gonna listen to this the whole the whole day basically. Uh, but yeah, that's really it for Sonic Two. Just again, just a solid game, probably one of my favorite platformers of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got two more. Sh- I got two more games here, both shooters. Uh, one is Rainbow Six Vegas. Uh, and I guess two as well too with that right, but um, decent link campaign. And then my brother and I played a like just the co played the hell out of the co op of this game because you know it was, it was a cover shooter. You know, kind of felt tactical. You get like repel and stuff. You know what I mean? Like you get to like do all the cool SWAT shit. You know what I mean? Like you always like wanted to do, um, especially if you were a gun fan like I am, and like me, my brother and I both are. Um, yeah, it's just like a really fun tactical cover shooter, basically. And then on the opposite side of that is the Gears of War series. <laughs> so Vegas was the tactical cover shooter. Ge- Gears was the action cover shooter, right? Wall bouncing and Nasher fights and active reloading. One of the best mechanics ever in video games. Um, yeah, like just I, I love this game. I love how it's just big, beefy men slapping into walls. And, you know, and like really strong, powerful women as well, too, going in there with Nashers and, you know, Lancers and stuff and also killing shit as well. Yeah, I played a butt ton of this game. I can't believe I forgot. This is probably on my, like, O-O-L-I. But I love these games. Uh, At least the first three. I love them so, so much. Yeah, that's perfectly fair. The first three was obviously the main main game of the series and what most people played. I know a lot of people dropped off around Judgment, and then 4 and 5 are kind of, like, mixed-ish to positive reviews, right? But, like, yeah, like, my brother and I, I remember a year or two ago, my brother and I both got back into uh five and we just kind of like went online and started smacking the hell out of people and uh, which is wild because the people who are still playing this game uh, at least five anyway are people who never stopped playing it so gabe and i clearly still right. got it that's the, that's the, the thing i was really happy yeah. to see about uh so i guess that's the end of my list here we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and hop on into the uh our personal top fives uh do you want to start or you want me to start um i think you should start because there's a game on your top five that was on my oli okay cool uh, so I guess let's go from again. Technically, this, this is no particular order. Actually, because of the conversation we had last week when we first recorded the show, I think I'm gonna go ahead and just I'm gonna do my technical. Te- I guess technically, what is my top game? Uh, just in, because of sheer amount of information that I like dumped into it and how much how passionate I was talking about it, and Jeff had to point it out to me. Yeah, Le- Legend of Dragoon. That's just like I guess my top my top game of all time. Okay. Uh, so this is the first turn based RPG I ever beat. 
I started playing this in the Philippines. Like, you know, I never got around to finishing it. Uh, you know, uh, played it more when I was a little bit older here, you know, when I was, you know, back stateside. Because we were, you know, we we buy, like, you know, games in the Philippines, like, you know, and then bring them back home and play them here. This is, like, one of my favorite t- uh, turn-based RPGs. I really enjoyed the clusterfuck that this game happened to be. The addition system in this game is one of the coolest mechanics in any RPG I've ever played. And it hasn't really been done in the same manner ever since from what I've seen. Like, there's two games that have kind of done something similar to it. Um Oh, yeah, there are. Yeah, but like the two that I can think of are Steven Universe Attack the Light, where you basically press um, on the screen at the same time that a star shows up as your weapon makes contact with an enemy, and uh, Chris Tales, which is uh, uh, another RPG that came out relatively recently, uh, where same thing, as soon as your weapon makes contact with the enemy, you get an extra hit. But in Legend of mm-hmm. Dragoon, there's a full-on like timed combo, like almost like a rhythm game kind of deal. Where you know you can change out and swap out uh, your whatever attack essentially you're using before you know you prep you prep everything before before the fight right. But once you get into an encounter, whatever you had locked in, that's the that's the combo that each individual character is using. Uh, there's you know each individual character has a completely different timed combo, and you know you change your gameplay around that because like someone some give you more uh, dragoon points which lets you go into your dragoon form. Some are just regular just you know some give less kind of deal but do more damage kind of thing so it depends on however you want to do it and another, you know what other game does this what south park <laughs> <laughs> you can't escape i know no oh. but the south park games do this too and you can like customize quote unquote customize your combo so you can do like a light attack a light attack and a heavy attack you know a light attack a heavy attack and a fart <laughs> powered attack oh that's cool yeah but yeah, no. So it, it, there are other games that have done this, and I feel like it's it's good because it keeps you kind of engaged with the game. It's not just menuing and watching the action unfold. You're actually actively participating in the battles, yeah. which is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Because my issue with a lot of RPGs, I mean, even nowadays, right? I, like I understand that there's a lot more. They're very like system heavy, right? A lot of RPGs are. Um, Persona does a very good job of doing so because like it's very stylized, so you don't feel like you're you know, reading through an anime spreadsheet, but that's basically what turn-based RPGs are, right? At least how I see them nowadays. But because, you know, every combat, you're constantly doing that rhythmic uh, combo system, it ma- it makes it so you you have to stay engaged the entire time. And another really cool thing that this game does that uh, I, I don't see a lot of other games doing, but it's cool. I just like having the idea of more mechanics, you know, to make you do uh, that make your character do stuff is um blocking or guarding in this game because so mm-hmm. guarding heals you in this game for a bit of your health around 10 percent uh, i believe and also reduces damage for by 50 percent for one turn which is pretty standard that, that part's pretty standard for most rpgs that have a guard mechanic right but the, but the fact that it healed you for 10 percent is really cool because you can get into a fight get find yourself in a really shitty position and still be able to like heal yourself for a couple turns when it's only when the enemy's only hitting, hitting one of your enemy your uh, characters basically and like again, I just I just like the idea. I just like games in general with additional uses for actions. And the only other game in my that comes to mind with an active guard mechanic like this is Wild Arms, where your character would reload their weapon mm-hmm. as well as whenever you guarded, because that was like a Western style game, right? Like the style of it was anyway. And um, again, just like really, really good game. It was confusing. Uh, the the if you ever look at the history of this game, it's very weird in terms of how they the why the story get, goes so off the rails towards the second half of this game. Um, a lot of people called it an, 
a Final Fantasy VII knockoff early on, but it really doesn't have a so- much a so- uh, in common aside from being a turn-based RPG. Um, and I, I, I think it's better than Final Fantasy VII, and I think like that's just because like that's the one that everyone kind of gravitated to. But I think if like you know in another world, this one's way bigger than Final Fantasy VII. We actually would have gotten a Legend of Dragoon too. And again, a lot, a lot of t- table uh, turn turn-based RPGs at the time tended to fall apart towards the end. Uh, but I think that like even though the story does take a weird turn, it actually ramps up the drama and the tension of the story where I I feel more invested because even though it gets kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've got for Legend of Dragoon. Let's go. You want to go into hop into your one of your first games then? Yeah. So I uh, <laughs> I, I I went five to one. I ranked them all. Okay. So you actually ranked. So those. sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go backwards here. So my number five is the first Donkey Kong Country. Mm. Uh. I love platformers and I love Donkey Kong. And so a game where a platforming game where you play as Donkey Kong is going to rank pretty highly on my list here. Um, this is one of the first games where I remember getting stuck on a level. And I, I think I've talked about it before too, where I was stuck on the Prem Croc Industries level. <laughs> um forever as like a kid yeah. and then when i went back and played this as an adult i like i beat it i, I shattered it yeah, I, yeah. I burst through the ceiling and i discovered that there was another world past Pemcroc industries and i had no idea but i remember that that feeling of pride right when you finally beat this level that has been your your you know your foil for so long mm-hmm. it made me feel great and i mean you, you talk about this game the the level design the music the uh, the gameplay, how tight everything is. I mean, there are games now, including even the most recent Donkey Kong games, like the Return series, mm-hmm. that don't feel as tight and as responsive as these games felt. Man, and I I can go back and I often do between this one and you know a certain other game that we'll we'll get to a little later on my list here. I'll go back and play these annually at this point. That's how much I love these games and how how much I can replay them and still love them so, so much. Yeah. That's the, the big point with the Cam Croc industries in the first place as well too. Right. Um, yeah. That, this game is like almost like unfairly difficult for a child. Right. When you, when like when, especially back in the day where like video games were like aimed directly specifically at children, right. It's a children's activity kind of deal. It's like, how the hell are you supposed to beat this? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I mean, uh, apparently it wasn't, I mean, it might have just been me not being able to to figure it out, but and other kids did. But still, this was like a formative thing in my life when I finally was able. I went back as like a teenager. I went back and I beat this game, start to finish, and it felt great. And I still routinely go back and beat this game, start to finish. It is it is one of my beloved games. You talk about comfort games, right? You talk about a game that makes you feel good, mm-hmm. that you can always pick up and feel good. Donkey Kong Country One is one of those games for me. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can also like throw this on like my list of a comfort games as well too. I I absolutely get you. Um, yeah. But yeah, solid, absolutely great game as well. And then again, very very tight. Like um, I know a lot of people say like this game feels a little weird, but like I I don't know. I I love the way that that game that game just feels in general. I do too. I, I don't know what it is, but I I, uh, I love the way it, it plays, and I love the way all the country games play. Yeah. But uh, do you want to do another one, or do you want me to go, go straight back to me? Oh, I, we can snake it if you want. Yeah, sure. Let's, yeah, let's snake I'll, it. I'll, I'll go. Then. 
So for me, number four is another game that we've covered on the podcast, a really great episode that you can go back and listen to. And that's uh, Doom 2016 and by proxy Doom Eternal. Hell yeah. So for me, I had to put both games on the list because while Doom 2016 was the game that kind of changed the way that I approached video games and video game design and what I kind of figured out was a well-designed game and really revolutionized the way that I play shooters. Doom Eternal is better. So, like, I had to put Doom Eternal on here, too, <laughs> just because, like, Doom Doom is my favorite because of what it did for me, but Eternal is objectively better in my eyes. So I kind of had to put them both on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps that the games are fucking awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you talk about sound design, you talk about music, you talk about gameplay. These games are are as close to, I don't know if they're perfect, but they're perfect for what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And everything kind of comes together to create this really superb package of a, of a video game. So for me, like, I, I have to put these games on here. I love them so much. They are the gold standard of first person, at least single player shooters for me. And I think any game that is trying to reboot, I would love to have seen like Duke Nukem go through a revolution like this and yeah. like unreal tournament and like a lot of those old boomer shooters yeah. go through a revival like this. <laughs> uh, Wolfenstein was great. Please go play the Wolfenstein games. I think that's something that was on our list for a long time. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to do that at some point. Eventually. Wolfenstein games are great. These are even better. Okay. So you, you rank these over the Wolfenstein games then. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy the Wolfenstein games. They're just, I, I don't know if I'd call them better, but they're better at executing their goals i think um and it's just it's different wolfenstein the wolfenstein games the new ones are are story driven there's a narrative there are characters that you get invested in that you learn to try to care about with like an end goal in this granted there are like you you know you do have an end goal there's not a lot of focus on you know emotional attachments to the characters and doom (laughs) you're just kind of fucking shit up right yeah yeah so I think, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I don't know if it's better. I just think it's better at executing its game plan. Yeah, yeah. And the focused. game plans are pretty different, but not not all that different because, I mean, there's still that level of brutality in Wolfenstein and, mm-hmm. and you're killing Nazis. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's an added level to that. But, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, for me, the Doom games stuck with me. I could probably put Wolfenstein on my, like, like an OOLI. It may have just missed OLI mm-hmm. just because it's been so long since I've replayed them. But I think for me, as far as a single player shooter that is looking to execute its game plan, there is none that does it better than Doom Word. 2016. And then by proxy, Doom Eternal, which takes that core Doom 2016 gameplay and improves it even more by adding the grappling mechanics and you know, just it's just so good i i can't you're gonna have to play it one of these weeks like you're gonna have to play yeah, it it's yeah. so good absolutely we, we've been talking about it before and I'll, like we'll absolutely make it make it a, a point to get get in on the episode so i can actually talk about yep. it with you um okay so for me uh next game on my list again i'm, I'm in no particular order on my end anyway uh next game i got here is shovel knight and i think this might be mm. my favorite platformer of all time uh, I know that's a big statement. Okay. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of really, really good platformers that I've played uh, in my entire life. Um, there's, you know, everyone's always got their favorite, right? But this is like my personal favorite platformer of all time. I I know I've, I've mentioned po- before on the Spelunky episode how close to a perfect game that game is. And I love the difficulty of Super Meat Boy. But something about this game being like a, re- a modernized retro game, 
like the aesthetic, the shovel weaponry, the way it treated expansions and opened up new nights for the DLCs. Like the fact that I play I, because I bought this game and then like, you know, I, I bought it on Steam that like the DLCs came out afterwards and they just gave it to you for free was like a, 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 a big point for why I spent so much time playing this series in general. Um, I get technically shovel, shovel at the game and then they just gave out DLCs. So I was like, it's, it's just technically one main game. But like, yeah, I, I love I love this game. Um, it's got like you know the the movement very similar to like Mega Man, right? But then you know your movement is, uh, let's say like not amplified, but like I guess I, I, it gets expanded upon depending on which character you're playing. Right, Shovel Knight can bounce off stuff with shovel, and Plague Knight can kind of hover when he throws bombs, and then uh, uh, Specter Knight, you know, can slash through uh, lanterns and you know in like four diagonal directions, and then King Knight with the shoulder tackle and the spin jump to bounce off enemies. It's just it's just so cool how it treats uh you know again like basically being like a love letter to like that eight, like sixteen bit uh platformer you know like SNES platformer basically it feels super tight very good platforming and there's like a big risk reward system which I really appreciate in this game um so where uh so like the checkpoints there are checkpoints in every level right. But you can either break the checkpoint for more money, or actually just re- just regularly use the checkpoint, which is really really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just I I like when there are additional uses for some of these like you know video game mechanics we already know about basically, and and adding more onto it with or or giving you the option to do, to do something else with it as well is like a very very big sticking point for me. And again, if somebody told me that this game came out in the like you know the late stage of you know that 16-bit era i wouldn't be surprised like i I genuinely wouldn't be this game's been on my list for a decade too long probably too long basically then i know i just i don't know i don't know i just never got around to it now now that you know now that we own it yeah (laughs) the royal we (laughs) um it's probably about time eventually that i i play this game because i i acknowledge how great it is um i just need to actually play it like I've watched gameplay of it. Yeah. I know it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I just haven't, I don't know, whatever reason, I just didn't do it. it, it so um going to have to make wrong that right, you know, yeah, right that wrong. Absolutely. Cause it, it's, it's again, this game, because it, like how, how big this game is also like wild to me. Like um, the fact that Shovel Knight is acknowledged in like Nintendo properties, you know what I mean? Like th- there's an amiibo of Shovel Knight. Like he's in Smash. That's, he's in Smash. Like he's not a character, but you know he's he's in Smash. It's wild. He's the assist trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, um, I just, I mean, he he came out on the 3ds, I believe. I think that's when it first. I think that's when it first came out on. I think it was one of the first. I think you're right. Out. I think it was like Steam and 3ds. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like again like wild. It's like that was that was a lot of people's first introduction to Shovel Knight. Um, but like, yeah, like it's, 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 it's crazy how big this game is and how big Yacht Club games became because of it. Right. Like there's like two spinoff games now. Uh, and I think I heard a third one's coming out as well too, down the line. And then, you know, they've got another game coming out, another, another property coming out from Yacht Club games, uh, later this year, next year, I believe me of the hollower. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it's insane how big this game got and how big this property got. And just, again, I, I, I love this whole series basically at this point i played the hell out of shovel knight dig which is basically like a roguelike of shovel knight it's just like yes yeah, there's more shovel knight like why why wouldn't i play it you know what i mean right but if i, but if, I want, <laughs> <laughs> but if it's like the if i just want like the more tightly curated you know once like you know, not one session because it is a it is a pretty long game um but if i wanted like, the more curated like you know linear gameplay of it then yeah i'll play i'll play the og one i've beaten shovel knight 
I've beaten Shovel Knight and all the DLCs already at least at least twice at this point now. Like I, I love this game series. Mm-hmm. Yep, go ahead. For sure. No, I was going to say, yeah, you know, um, I think for our generation, we grew up in like that golden age of platformers, right? So when a good platformer comes out, we we recognize it pretty pretty easily. Yeah, and I think that, and especially when a game developer comes out with a platformer who grew up in that same golden era, I think we're we as gamers in our age bracket kind of pick that up too. So again, it's it's something that I really need to get to because I know this game is great and I know I'm gonna love it. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually very excited to see what you think of when you finally get your hands on this game. Uh, so sure. let's see. Uh, next game for me, for snaking it, I've got a fighting game on my list. I know we talked about it before. Uh, for me, Tekken Three. Uh, this is the game where I started actually learning how to play fighting games properly. Uh, I went from a button masher to actually understanding spacing and punishing and like three D movement mechanics. Right, um, like going to the foreground and background kind of thing. Uh, I'm nowhere near competent anymore uh, because I shifted most of my focus to two D fighting games. You know, I'm, I'm in that I'm in that space now. Uh, of the last couple of years and you know again it's, that started around that super that that street fighter 4 era basically uh but this game has definitely set the groundwork for me as a fighting game enthusiast or fan i just have a lot of memories as well as, of this game where like because we had it on ps1 and i also like i when my i first got my hands on tekken 3 and uh ever was actually at a local pizza spot that no longer exists i believe now uh, called Pizza And, which was attached to the Pathmark near us. Um, <laughs> and, yo, R.I.P. Pizza And. Yo, for real. Uh, but yeah, I remember just remember, like you know, my brother and I like oh, my, you know, we're like oh, we're having pizza night. Okay, cool. Uh, can we get a couple quarters? You know, so we can go ahead and play some. You know, because well, 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 my parents would always like order. The, we would go there. They'd order the pizza there. We would hang out for a little bit. And, you know, my parents would go shopping uh, in the Pathmark for the groceries, and my brother and I would just be like babysat by the arcade cabinet, basically. And we we'd, yep. s- we'd spend like five bucks just playing Tekken. Uh, because you know, like once one of us loses, one of us has to pop another quarter in. <laughs> so, uh, we played a lot of that. And also in the Menlo park mall arcade, uh, also rest in peace. It's that place as well. Yo. Um, this, it's just like, I, I remember the, the, the feeling of like, because I, again, I had gotten decent at this game as a kid. I remember the feeling of being like, you know, it's, it's, you know, being in the arcade is terrifying when you're a kid. Right. Yes, um, it is. because, you know, the, the the first time you would put your quarter on the arcade machine, you know what I mean, to call next. And I was, you know, me as, you know, like a little kid be like, I, 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 I'd I like the next round, please. You know, like, you know, yeah, while, right. while they're like, you know, I, I say adults, but they're probably just like teenagers, right? They're not that much, they're actually not that much older right. than us. But, you know, like being there and like really putting yourself to play against a rando, not just your sibling or your close friends, right? Playing a game. Um, really big for me. And the fact that, again, I could actually take, you know, rounds and occasional matches off of, like, the older kids, basically, playing this game who were mm-hmm. more cognizant of how the games actually play. And, again, like, just very early as well for me being, like, an enthusiast for fighting games in general. Yeah, Tekken 3 is is one of my beloved games, too. It was, you know, the game I brought home with my PS1. It was that WCW versus the world, right? Oh, really? It was a, a, a take-home game for you. Yeah, no. So I, I believe Tekken 3 was like a launch title with the PS1 or it came out very early in that life cycle. But I remember bringing that game home huh. because obviously Jin looked really cool on the cover and there yeah. weren't any Street Fighter games. So I was like, all right, Tekken. I remember Tekken 2 being in the arcade. Uh, we used to have a Fuddruckers uh, on, on Route 22 in New Jersey mm. and attached to the Fuddruckers was a Popeye's. 
and the Popeyes had Tekken Two. The Popeyes had the better arcade. Ah, okay. I've never been to the so never, never been to the Fuddruckers when it was on Twenty Two. So I, I would have had no idea, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, they had a Tekken Two machine. So I remember Tekken being like a thing, mm-hmm. but I never really played it until you know I brought Tekken Three home, and that was again one of the first games where it's like because I had only played Street Fighter prior to playing Tekken. I mean, I was only like seven when Tekken Three came out, mm-hmm. right? So. I, it was like a whole new world and having to go through the move sets and discovering things. Um, my, my first dog's name was King. So I played as King in Tekken 3. Uh, that's before like I, I settled on like Kazuya and Paul mm-hmm. as my as my Tekken characters. But I remember being like being able to execute like the Frankensteiner with King was like the biggest deal of my life. <laughs> and I didn't have to do any quarter circles. I just hit down forward and then I think it was like in Tekken notation, you know, you have one, two, three, and four. I think it was like one and four, mm-hmm. or or yeah, I was like square and circle on the uh, on the PS one pad, and I was like, whoa, you can do this whole move with just hitting a couple buttons, <laughs> and I, I that was like that was it. Like, and then then I was like hooked on Tekken. You know, I played a lot of three. We played a lot of four. You actually were the only. I never bought four. You yeah. were the one that had four. Yeah. So we played a, a fuck ton of four. I remember. Yeah, like, um, and then mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. No, and then I was gonna say, I stopped playing Tekken until six. Mm. I skipped five and Dark Resurrection, and then I played a lot of six because my friends from college played Tekken. Gotcha. Uh, and then the game, the Tekken game that I think I played the most of was Tekken Tag 2. And I played a, I played a butt ton of mm. Tekken Tag 2 because that's what they were into. So we, we played a lot of that, and then. Uh, obviously seven came out when I was like trying to be an adult. So it was a little more difficult mm-hmm. to play a lot of seven, which sucks because Paul was really good at seven. So I probably should have played more seven, but I didn't, but, yeah. um, but three started all of that for me, just like I think it did for you. Yeah. And like, again, three also started um, like the, the Tekken ball mode, right? Do you remember that one? Like there was like, yeah. a, there was like a volleyball mode specific, like specifically volleyball. And then the one where you like use the ball to project out to hit your enemy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like that was a fun, like that was, I think. And then they also had the Tekken force mode, which, yeah, you know, I think had, this had, was the first Tekken force game. Yeah. Which had, su- had some sort of iteration in every game going forward. So again, like there's a lot to play in this game. Like if you just got tired of, you know, playing against your brother, playing with your friends, you had more stuff to do, even on your, even if you're playing by yourself, basically. And yeah, like Tekken and four that started. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and that started the chicken. Mean. Oh yeah, exactly. The ticket was sounded very crunchy and sounded like Tekken when you heard it anyway. <laughs> right when, when you're playing Tekken Force, um, but I remember I remember beating Tekken Force because I think you had to beat Tekken Force. I think to get Doctor Bas- Basanovich, Doctor B. I think so. I think that was how you unlocked Doctor. You B. had to beat Tekken Force to get somebody in Tekken Three. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, because Gone you unlocked doing something else. I don't remember how to unlock Gone now. I think there. it was Tekken Ball. Was it that? Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Um, so yeah, like again, the cool way to just unlock other characters by putting them in the, in the side missions. You know what I mean? Which I'm sure some yep. people didn't like, but you know, us as kids being like, yeah, this is great. We get to we actually get to experience more game. You know what I mean? Aside from just the main game that everyone else was focusing on. And yeah, like you know, Tekken Four followed up for me. I I fell off a little bit around Tekken Five. I was still playing it, but not not a whole lot. Six, I was kind of completely off the grid for, and then seven, I've gotten back into recently. And again, as I said before, like the my, I haven't played as much of uh, Tekken uh, Tekken Seven, 
but the foundation's still there. Like I can still go in and actually beat people. Um, when I, especially even a couple weeks, uh, a couple months ago, when I was playing, and I was like, okay, let me see how I can actually do. And I beat two people who were like higher ranked than me. Just I just jumped straight into ranked mode basically, and I beat two people, and then I got whooped by somebody else afterwards. But the fact that I was able to beat people who are higher rank, you know, even after not playing this game for a while, it's like you know, again, feels good. Again, it's 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 it, this one is ingrained in me. And, and uh, yeah, man, I uh, I'm looking up Tekken three right now, and uh, damn, about to fire this up. <laughs> I mean, yeah whenever you're ready come through I, I have a physical copy of the game as well too um and in, yeah. in, in uh tekken 3 and for most of the most of the tekken games i was an eddie gordo player uh, uh yeah i know just roll my face on the on the controller right uh put your face on the controller so yeah. rolling around yep um but yeah then it, you know eventually i realized he's not actually as good as i thought he was but you know that also forced me to learn how to play the game you know what i mean um right and then i also played uh Horang, and I played uh, Law because why not play the Bruce Lee character right in, in every game? Yeah. And then in Tekken uh, Four, I switched over to uh, Jin. Yeah, because he, because he was cool. He was cool. He was no longer using the old um, the old fighting style. Uh, he yeah, was using traditional. Because they brought Kazuya back. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Kazuya was now the the Jin, now the traditional. Uh, Kazuya martial arts style or the Kazama fighting style while Jin was using the like, traditional karate which was like you know really cool for me because also the the moveset yeah. looked really cool and it's also actually a pretty cool bit in the story as well for the for the Tekken series for sure okay next one for you okay so here's a here's a game that I'm surprised isn't on any well this character isn't on either of our lists uh for my number three it's Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo yeah uh another game where I'm super like into this game I, I can play this whenever i can put it down whenever it's another comfort game basically kirby superstar is an amalgam of about what is it like nine different mini games that are put into one part yeah so you have your traditional kirby experiences with uh spring breeze a dyna blade you have a really story driven sort of game with uh revenge of meta knight you have Gourmet Race, which is basically just a racing game mm-hmm. within the within Kirby. You have Milky Way Wishes, which is one of my favorite Kirby like games, mm-hmm. period, because of how different it is. Rather than sucking up the enemies, you have to find like the the totems or like the kiosks that unlock the abilities, and then you have access to them at all times, which for me is just unlock plasma as fast as I can and then <laughs> blow through the game. Yeah, exactly. Then you have like the two other mini games. You have Megaton Punch, which is like a test of strength, quote unquote, type of game that just challenges your timing. And then same thing with the Samurai Kirby game, which is just a quick draw at at dawn. Right, the two samurai yeah. are, are against each other. Um, never beat that as a kid. Never beat that as an adult without the rewind function on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but I have beaten it. Um, and then lastly, like, like it capitalizes everything with the the arena, which is just basically a boss rush mode. Uh, basically, you could beat this in like an afternoon. But for me, I don't know. It's just you, you talk about music, you talk about Kirby. I feel like Kirby's always been was always in my childhood. I had the the Dreamland Two um, Game Boy cartridge. I don't know. Kirby was always kind of around for me, and so. I always kind of like think back fondly of this game and, and I do feel bad because I think as I got older, for whatever reason, I just missed out on a lot of the Kirby games, but I can always go back to superstar and, and it's like, I'm back, you know, being a kid again. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, again, surprised, still surprised the fact that it's not on my list either. Because like I'm a big Kirby fan, right? Like I like my <laughs> whole um, game collecting, uh, you know, hobby started because I was looking for uh, Kirby uh, Canvas Curse. Like th- th- that was the whole reason why I started collecting games because I was like, there's a whole like there's like a whole two generations of like Kirby games I should have missed. Like maybe even three, where like I didn't play Amazing Mirror, uh, Squeak Squad, Canvas Curse, Robobot, um, uh, Mass Attack. You know what I mean? Like I, I missed out on all of those, and I, even though I played the most of the console releases anyway. Yeah, same. But like that, but that like uh, the fact that a lot of those Kirby games were on consoles, and especially because I was like late, you know, like mid to late high school, early college. You know, I just didn't have, I just didn't wasn't wasn't focusing on that. I was mostly playing on like a lot of like multiplayer stuff, right? But now that I've gotten the, my hands on those games and gone back to playing them, I'm like, yeah, like I'm surprised I don't have a Kirby game on my list. And just yeah, just like I, I love Kirby games as well too. Again, like super cute character, and it's like you know, especially like um, I think I've I've had the conversation with a couple of the guys before where it's like now that we're like adults and we don't care what other people think about us anymore. Uh, you know, there's like nothing wrong with me being an angry looking Asian man enjoying a, a cute Kirby game. You know what I mean? Like that's before, <laughs> before it was like, oh, like you, you play like you play, you know, dumb baby game and like, oh, you're not a real gamer. But it's like, no, Kirby games are like, yeah, they're, they're meant to be easy. They're like literally aimed at like, you know, like, like housewives and children. Right. But like, they're super fun. They're just they're really, really fun experience. And you, know, you can blast through a game and like, yeah, like a, like a day or an afternoon and just enjoy yourself. It's just a good, really tight gaming experience and they're great and uh, yeah the music's fantastic the gameplay is fun and you know it's again just really cute and quirky like i, I love i love the kirby series yeah you know it's it's i think the other thing too is like as you get older and now you're paying for your own games it's like do i want to spend 60 dollars on kirby or do i want to spend 60 on like uh you know a more complete gaming experience with multiplayer and you know maybe a longer story if you're playing like an rpg do you want you know there's so many more options now right yeah so like that 60 dollars is a is a big price point and, and nintendo games never go down in price and in fact like you've seen with like the the third party market yeah like the you know the, the used game market there are sometimes more than 60 dollars so it's 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 difficult to rationalize sometimes maybe spending money on a Kirby game, spending that $60 specifically on a Kirby game when you can get something a little bit more, you know, more bang for your buck, so to speak. So I think that's kind of what ended up happening. But, you know, if you told me, hey, here's a Kirby game, I'll play the crap out of it. Of course, I love these games. Yeah. One of my favorite games that's not on either one of our lists, but again, probably just missed my, probably missed my honorable mentions, like just barely, uh, Kirby's Dream Course. The golf game, yep. like I love yeah. that game, and I was so happy when it came out on the um, the Switch Online because I remember my brother and I would hop on it and just start playing it, and of course I beat him because like I I just know that game so damn well, like like but it's like damn this game's also really really good, and like yeah mm-hmm. even the little like the spinoff games right like they're they're really really fun, and again of course we had um, the uh, Forgotten Land release last year too, which was a major major game, and I'm just very happy with that game as well too. Yeah, that's been on my wish list since the day it came out. I'm just waiting, waiting for for the stars to align, and I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna, you know, grab it. The other one I really want to try too is um, the whole Return to Dreamland, like the 
the Super Mario 3D world of Kirby games, right? Where, where yeah. it's like the multiplayer focus game and you, you know, you, you go through with Meta Knight and DDD and Waddle D. That looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it's a game that I missed on Switch. So it's definitely one that I'm thinking about as well. Yeah, I've got the because uh, that's that's that was a re-release, right? Essentially, like a port over from yep. the, from the mm-hmm. Wii one. I have the Wii one, so like, yeah, like I was just like, yeah, I, I had like I I saw it get a re-release. I was pretty, I was I was like happy that it's getting like the the respect it deserves now, kind of deal with a little bit of extra, right? Because they they essentially gave it like another thing, another uh another game mode in that in that one uh but yes yeah, so oh really the, yeah I, if i remember correctly the so there's, a, there's the main there's the another main character in the game essentially they gave it made them the main your playable character oh okay yeah so again just good it's, it's a good stuff from what from what i've seen from it i, I never played it because I, I already had the original um but i've heard good things about it so i will probably get, grab put my hands on it eventually too for sure. Uh, anything else Kirby related on your end? No, I'm good. Again, I love Kirby. Uh, again, like I just, I love. I just he's probably one of my favorite characters of all time. Like looking back at it now, because yep. he is like literally fighting gods as this little <laughs> little pink puffball, this adorable little pink puffball, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's actually he's awesome. But he's actually a rolling ball of death, basically. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, pretty much. I, I have a lot of Kirby memorabilia. Like I have a Kirby sitting in my car. I have. Uh, the 25th anniversary Kirby, which is like retro pink, uh, one, uh, plushie, and then I also have the the chonky, the massive 30th anniversary one that came out uh last year, or two years ago, last year, last year, and I got my hands on it too as well. It just chills on my bed with me. For me, like DDD became one of my Smash characters. Yeah. Like when we were talking about <laughs> Smash, like I love King DDD. I have a DDD plush at my parents' house. There you go. And so. I don't know, man. Like I, I love those characters, and so like I can, I can always play a Kirby game. So I have to put this on my list. Um, so for me now, going into number two, it's another character that I'm surprised hasn't made more of an appearance, but he's near the top of my list. Um, it's Mario sixty four. I mean, this mm-hmm. is another game that I could play forever. I love this game. I think a lot of people have come to love this game. I mean, you have seen kind of what the what the community around this game, whether it's speed running, whether it's modding, whether it's just playing the game regularly. I think everybody's down to play Super Mario sixty four. Yeah, and I, it is still one of the tightest games. I think, as far as Mario is concerned, if it wasn't for Odyssey, yeah, it, it would have been the best Mario. It still is the best Mario game before Odyssey came out. But I think now Odyssey is objectively like the best best most well-made mario game mm-hmm. um and i think you can throw in a little couple things like bowser's fury obviously revolutionized the game with like an open world mario game which was something that nobody had ever thought that you could possibly do but i guess now you can right yeah exactly and um but i i still think mario 64 holds up so well you talk about music you talk about level design like we've talked about quite a bit i think you can go to any portion of this Mario 64, any portion of the castle, and you can remember the jingle. It's not just Bomb Bomb Battlefield, right? You can go to Shifting Sandland or Lethal Lava Land, right? You can go to Big Boo's Haunt. You go to Dire Dire Docks and, and all the water levels. You remember like that serene, um, I don't think it's the xylophone, but it's like the marimba. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the instrument that's used in there. I think it's a vib- maybe like a vibraphone or something. It might be a vibraphone. It might be, and you 
like all the music in the game is is awesome. Um, I remember going to the getting being the, the Bowser on the basement floor, getting to the upstairs when I was at my grandparents' house. So like those levels, tiny huge island, tall tall mountain, mm. snowman's land. Yeah, yeah. Those levels all mean a lot to me because I just I remember where I was when I finally was able to beat Bowser and get there. And then I, you know, you get to the very top and you get to TikTok Clock and Rainbow Road and a Rainbow Ride, I think it was, and, and all of that. And all in all, man, it's just it's such a memorable game. And I love it. I wish it was a little easier to play, but you know how Nintendo is with yeah. all their all their you know, all their yeah. anti consumer bs basically yeah and yeah, i yeah yeah basically anti-consumer you're right yeah like i, I, and, I bought the um, 3d all-stars collection um you know because i wanted it you know on my switch right and then it eventually came out for the online switch uh what's it called the you know the subscription service right and yeah. it's just like i was like i'm gonna buy it because i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get my hands on it on, a, on a, like a relatively modern console right like a handheld console i mean it's not for emulating right. right which you, you know do with that with do with that as you will but um you know if i if i can get it officially on the console then i will uh but yeah like just it's one of those games that like again you're you're right i'm surprised we didn't see more of it on our list but and i also agree with you actually with the fact that like if it wasn't for odyssey this is probably like the the best mario game ever made yeah i think it still holds up all these years later it's almost been 30 years and this game is still the pinnacle for tight 3d platforming controls Mm -hmm. level design music getting and getting the bang for your buck i mean you this i don't know if you can beat this in an afternoon i'm sure obviously you know you have your speed runners and your your community members that can probably plow through this pretty quickly but i mean you're going to get your money's worth playing, playing Mario. So I, I, I can't think of another game that's like another Mario game that tops for me. There's one, obviously there's one more game that tops the list for me, but this game is obviously up there and it still holds up to this day as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And then we also, uh, I have to acknowledge it, but the, the uh, Mario DS, Mario 64 DS version too. Like you know, oh, it's great! Yeah, it's amazing. You know, getting getting actually 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 getting to play Luigi, and uh, you know, then you got um, Yoshi and Wario on top of it as well to change the game up a little bit more as on top of it. Uh, yeah, like again, probably one of my favorite ways to play the game uh, again officially because I actually saw the cartridge for that one as well too. You know, just a nice little spin on like again, arguably one of the greatest platformers of all time. Um, and in terms of music, I remember some before, not just Bomb on Battlefield, but I still love Bomb on Battlefield. Like it's still probably one of, right, of my course. favorite jam. I'm, I'm I'm basic and I'm boring for for this one anyway, <laughs> because it is it is also like you know it's the first level I hopped into and it's like yeah this is this is like it this is imprinted to my brain now. Like yep. like uh, if if I could walk down if I could, if I could walk you know um if I can get married to that song I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I am not dressing up as the Baba. I'm letting you throw me. <laughs> Sorry, you're, you're coming in as Bowser, just, just like, just yeah, you have to swing me suit. and throw me into it. Um, I, one one other song that I, I guess I will have to focus uh, touch upon though, because even though I am a boring Bob on Battlefield enjoyer, uh, the the Bowser levels, like you know, the, oh hell yeah, yeah, that's absolute bangers, like absolute banger for music. And you know, for, yeah, especially for, the third. 
of course they're also like hard yeah. sections as well too you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. it's, it's just I, I love the music for those ones the tension gets ramped up the music the music ramps up as well too in terms of intensity it just it just works so damn well together yeah, I mean the the organ hits when you're when you're fighting the third Bowser and he's all multicolored, and you know this is your final showdown with your arch nemesis, and it's he's the only thing between you and the princess. Still hits, still <laughs> hits to this day, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's, a good, that's absolutely a good pick for you. Yep. Uh, now, if I recall correctly, you have a Mario game on your list. I do, and it lines up perfectly for us. Then, uh, for yeah. me, my favorite my favorite Super Mario game. Uh, yeah, just just of all time for me. Uh, Super Mario Brothers three. This is my second favorite Mario game, and this has been on my OLI list. And I think this would be like, if we did top six. I think this would be number six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the, again, the, we're saying like you know like top right for, but again, there's a personal list, right? We're not saying of all time, whatever. Right, right? this isn't best. This is favorite. Yeah, favorite. Like again, like I love Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey is the shit. I fucking love that yeah. game. Um, yeah. Like, like all, like you know, uh, Super Mario World. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to include Yoshi's Story because it's like I, to me that's a different game essentially, or Yoshi's Island, or whatever. But like, uh, you know, uh, I as much as everyone likes, you know, dunks on a little bit of uh, Sunshine. I, I love Sunshine and I love the Galaxy games as well too. But like in terms of, yeah, like, I think Sunshine's cool. Yeah, but like, but in terms of like my personal favorite in terms of Mario games. Super Mario Brothers three is massive. Like it was like especially going from the experience of playing Super Mario Brothers one, which is on the same console, right? To yeah. Super Mario Brothers three, which looks insane in comparison, right? Where we're going yeah. from like a pixel being his entire eye, and to be now seeing a crazy amount of detail. Like they're squeezing every little bit that they can out of this console to make Super Mario Brothers three look amazing, and. This was like the first game I was able, able to like speed run essentially, right? And I don't mean like actually like hardcore speed running, but like I'd spent enough time with this game to know where all the secrets were, had kind of like semi memorized the levels, you know, figured out how, uh, how and when to use the flutes, right? And just be able to beat the game while still technically a child. Like I was, I was like a preteen when I first beat this game. Um, and like a lot of the older games that I played, like a lot of those like retro games, I didn't beat them until I was older myself, like until I was like a teenager or yeah. an adult. And something about this game, like just again, like just how well this game treated me as a kid, right? Like just is so intriguing and so imprinted into my brain at this point. And even and even then, like as a kid, like I remember, like you know beating like the final levels of the game it's insanely difficult like i look i watched it back now i'm like i beat this as a kid this is wild because this seems like something i would have been like struggled on kind of like again like chem croc right like i i never thought i would have seen the end of the game until like i was older but no like i I actually beat this game when i was a child and like you know it was like one of my biggest achievements when i was a kid um it's just very refined game you know it's very fun i know like i know all the side uh was it like the little theories of this game being like a play or a musical, right? The entire time. Yeah. So, but like, I don't know, just something, something about it being just so much like, so like light and whimsical. I really, really enjoyed this game. And I, mm-hmm. again, one of my favorite Mario games of all time. Yeah. It really is a total package type game. We always talk, we talk about the level design. We talk about how the worlds kind of flow. You, you start in like your traditional Mario level and then there's a sky world there's a desert world there's the the tiny huge the first edition of like tiny huge island right yeah yeah you have that you have and then like when you get to bowser and it feels like the stakes are high like that world eight kind of feels like the stakes ramp up in a way that 
not even in Mario one, did you have to deal with mm -hmm. it's, it's something that, that really hits, you know, you talk about the airship levels, that music and the airship, and it kind of feels like you're, you're charging into battle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, you're actually in a war, um, against these, these, the Koopas, right? Yeah. The, the, I don't know. I, I agree with you though. Like this, the, another game that I can go back and play all the time. Yeah. And, and also because this game, because it was a little bit later into the NES life cycle, right? Like I had my, like my cousins showing me the secrets, you know what I mean? Like, it, mm -hmm. they, like, you know, again, before the internet, right. We had, this is how we figured out secrets. And like, I remember like one of my cousins showing me how to get behind the stage. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's yep. massive. That's massive for especially for like an experience for like a child to experience. So this just this had so much in this game. These nice little Easter eggs and secrets for you know for younger players to really like latch onto. You know, like you know Mario One. You had you know you jumped above the stage, right? That was the one that you gotta get through the underground level super easy. Like you know, that, that was that was yeah. a really nice trick, and I really enjoyed that having the warp pipes there. But this was like, oh, I have even more agency to do that stuff myself as well because the game is so much more refined at this point. And it feels like a real secret; it's not just a cheese where, oh, I'm up above the level. Huh? Yeah, I don't deal with it. And anymore. now I get to the warp zone. Right now, it's like, wow, I have, I have, I have sneaked behind the world, and I, I have found this simple thing, and then you figure out how to get the other warp pipe and you warp right to world eight and you haven't had, you know, the buildup and you get to world eight and you get absolutely creamed. Exactly. You haven't, ref you haven't like, tightened up your gameplay since that, from that point on yet. You haven't learned, learned everything in the game. So you get absolutely walloped and it's like, well, all right, I guess I got to play through this game <laughs> and figure out what the hell's going on here. Yeah. It's um, like, oh, I but, guess. But like, but again, the entire game is like a treat to play. Like I still remember that, that I still remember in the desert level that um that sun being terrifying to me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the sun constantly getting in your way. Uh, the Lakitu's. I I always remember Tiny Huge World. Like that that yeah. Tiny Huge World. It always stuck with me for some reason. I don't know what it is, but it's just I thought it was so cool. And then that stuck with me into Super Mario sixty four, which is like that's why that's one of my favorite worlds. Is like is Tiny Huge World. I don't know because of that that level in Mario three, but. If it wasn't for 64, 3 would be my favorite, mm. uh, for sure. Word. And last game for me on my list, um, Left 4 Dead. And Left 4 Dead 2, I guess, by extension, right? Yeah. Um, while it's not the most technical or hardcore shooters that I've played, it's probably the one that I had the most fun, just outright fun playing, right? Uh, I, lo I love cooperative shooters. I wish there were more. Um, and again, I, I arguably enjoy them more than I enjoy competitive shooters. Uh, and that's, you know, yeah. that's coming from a guy like me who plays, who, who's played Counter-Strike, Apex, Valorant, so on and so forth, right? But, like, I love cooperative shooters. Um, and it's definitely, like, the realm of, like, us, our friend group in general, I guess, getting into online play, right? We're At this point, we're at the Xbox 360. We're really, really online at this point, right? We're connected. We're playing over the headset and just night of the, you know, like, me and the boys trying to get together and try to figure out how to cover each other and get through the hardest difficulties, and then also how we could see uh, how we could cheese some areas. Like, do you remember like the Jesus room right on like no mercy yep. or like hiding under the right uh, on, on the up ramp towards the helipad, which eventually they patched. Right. And now we're now we're again, we're online. The devs were like, Oh, people are cheesing our levels. Okay. We're going to fix that. So like, you know, they, they, so we had to like learn how to play the game again, kind of like, you know, on the fly when, uh, the, when we figured out these little cheese strats, basically. And the, Game had a multiplayer, the verses. I don't know if you played a whole lot of it. 
Um, but it took me yeah. a little bit to get used to because I remember not liking it when I was younger. And uh, the the reasoning uh, I know, like some of like uh, our friend Zach and Demetrius called me dumb for it. And like, I think I, I just don't know how to word it properly. But back in back in the day, I just said like, I had to play each level twice. If that, if, if, if that makes any sort of, you know sense to any of the listeners is because like you would play the level and then play the level again but as a zombie or you know back and forth right and it's like oh but i liked the thing is i liked the idea of of like me and three other friends barreling through a level as a well-oiled four-man zombie killing machine you know what i mean that's what i liked about the cooperative aspect of this game again i enjoy it a little bit more now that i've kind of got my brain around it it, 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 unfortunately it's only on pc now so like some of our friends don't even play the game anymore um but like the cooperative aspect of this game on the versus mode and in the regular just for pve mode right um is just something i really really enjoy i I love cooperative games and i just wish that more games had this cooperative aspect like um you know like gtfo is a really more like a tactical version of this game right um rainbow six uh, extraction came out a couple a uh, couple years ago last year it was and it was kind of like not exactly ideal and then back for blood came out as well too which was kind of it was okay you know what i mean like i just wish there was more of these games where we can kind of play together cooperatively to- for you know for the mission uh versus like the typical pve pvp stuff nowadays that we see like the things no, like, why enjoy destiny 2 right why enjoy playing the story of destiny 2 more than i enjoy playing the pvp aspect of it no yeah i agree with you i love a nice cooperative game i don't know it, it, it feels less intense when you're playing with people rather than against people and i i i get it absolutely like a hundred percent like for me left for dead was so much fun because i didn't have to worry about it was me versus the environment and i think that's yeah. why i love world of warcraft so much i don't know i i just i prefer that in most games mm-hmm. not fighting games not card games where i feel like i have a higher level of control in those games and i i don't have to worry about a team it's just me versus my opponent so I, I think that's kind of why I kind of shied away from shooters after a while, because I would feel like I was always doing my part and then I wasn't getting the returns because my team sucked. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of why I feel like the co-op shooters are more fun because even if one side's slacking, if you're good enough, you can make up for the other person. Yeah. So yeah. that that's kind of why I was, um, I was a big fan of Left 4 Dead and, and most cooperative shooters. And I agree with you. I think Left 4 Dead is awesome, and I love it. And another thing, another thing, just to add on to that is like, yeah, yeah. Or if you're having like a bad night, but you want to play, right? You could be having a bad night yourself. Like you know, you, you know, back in the day, like you know, on the controllers, like oh well, I'm just not aiming well, or I'm like not thinking properly. Like I'm not, I'm not properly clearing my corners, and I'm getting, you know, getting pounced on by by the hunter or i'm getting smoked you know getting 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 pulled away but at least like you know your teammates are there you know again you're you're working towards an end goal that's i think again like it just feels feels good to have that option to even if you're playing not playing particularly great you and your friends have the same goal in mind so like they're they've got your back kind of thing like it's just it's just 
it's just really fun to have it there without feeling like you're actually like an actual drag on your team. You know what I mean? Like if I play if I play a game of Apex or I play a game of Valorant or CS and I'm like bottom fragging, I feel bad. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't, I don't want to ruin the other people's experience. But the difficulty in this game is like, you know, trying to get through um, the game as unscathed as possible without shooting your teammates as much as possible, right? But that's also like the, the fun part of it. The, the intensity can ramp up even if you're with your friends kind of thing. I completely agree. Uh, yeah, like I, I agree with you. I love Left 4 Dead and I love those games like Left 4 Dead where, like you said, like the first level is kind of easy and then like by the end of it, we're staring at, we're like, come on, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah. the action get, get the, just leave them, just leave them, we gotta finish the goddamn level. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. how many nights did we, did, did we leave some, literally leave somebody for dead? Exactly. Or, if, especially when we started feeling a little spicy, because we, we've played a couple levels already, we start Molotoving the people who aren't on the, aren't on the helicopter yet, or the escape. Yep. Molotoving <laughs> 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 our own friends. <laughs> Oh, oh, shit. God. All right. Yeah, so we're going to have to play this at some point. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get another session in whenever you get the chance. Um, but yeah, we, we, even then, like, recently we had a we had a, a couple, like, I think it was like a year ago when Gabe came back from one of his uh, his deployments, right? We we hopped on with uh, Gabe. Uh, I think you were in there, I think you were in there, weren't you, with Zach as well, too? I think so. Yeah, I think had, I did get a chance to play. Yeah, we should, we again, we had, if we had more free time, we could absolutely get more in. But, you know, we, we, we need more Left 4 Dead in our lives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and go, okay. So uh, let's see, Jeff, go ahead and wrap it up uh, or uh, close us off here with this your last game, then. Yeah. So my number one shouldn't be a shocker if you listen to to the list here. It's Donkey Kong Country Two. Mm. I had to put both DKC games on there. I have played these games so much. I love both of these games so much. For me, two is just a step above one. Even though I like Donkey Kong more as a character, two is just so much better. It's, it's so much more well designed. The music is is super iconic between, you know, the pirate ship levels, the bramble yeah. levels, the, uh, you know, like the, the, the underwater levels. Um, there is something else that I'm missing. Oh, the mine levels. The funky, the funky mine levels and all of that. The boss is the lost world being insect where you have these super difficult levels that you have to unlock blew my mind as a kid i think i actually beat this as a kid too Mm. which i think adds to this yeah um i was able to beat two but not the first one which was really like something for me Mm -hmm. and so i don't know man like i this is another one of those games that i can play forever i love this game so so much and i can like I said, I can play this game forever, and for me, there there is nothing, at least as far as my gaming life is concerned, that I can put above this game. I love it so so much. It is it is my beloved game <laughs> for forever. I don't know. I, I've <laughs> always loved this game, and for for me, it was never really a, a uh, like a discussion as far as what my favorite game is. For me, it was always, do I put CVS two above this game or not? Right. It was yeah. never a, a matter of is this my favorite game? It's, it's, is this my favorite game period fighting games and sports games and everything else included? I did enjoy this game as well. Like a lot as a kid, again, barred it from West coast video or Pathmark or wherever. Right. So this, this is the one where uh, Dixie was introduced, right? 
Correct. So I think that like that's a major point in terms of like uh, me understanding platforming as a kid, right? Like it's very again very core memory at this point, where like having a slight hover made platforming more approachable for a lot of people. Um, it makes it, it just made the game feel better. Yeah, again, like it's you just take uh, Donkey Kong Country and just refine it a little bit, right? And just get kind of get rid of those like slight headaches that you used to experience before. And now it's like, okay, it just feels better to play now. So it's like, oh, it's just like absolutely. And you don't you don't uh, slight the game before it. You know what I mean? You still enjoy you still enjoy DKC. It's just like this is just a, this is a better iteration of that game, basically. Yeah, think about like Doom and Doom Eternal, the way that I, I laid that out. It's like Doom set the groundwork for, for my love of this game and changed the way that I approached these games. Eternal just super supremely refined it mm-hmm. and, and made it that much better. But for me, I think these two games, I mean, look, it's, it's basically kind of like the same game, just different. But yeah. I don't know. For me, I, I couldn't put these two together. They had to be separated. Um. And for me, DKC two is just far and away my favorite game ever. Yeah, man, that that's absolutely righteous, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a very very good game, and I really should go back and play some of the old DKC games. I've, I've only been playing the the more modern the the modern ones, basically. Like I have I have it on yeah. my three DS, uh, and I should go back to touch the old ones again, just because I have I have like the I have the Game Boy ones as well too. Donkey Kong Land uh, one and two, I think. Yeah, like my Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, just, just touch those again put my hands on DKCs on the SNES and just like kind of see where this series came from again, because it's been a while since I've actually like popped those games in and had like a decent session playing them. Yeah. I urge anybody to go back and, and, you know, I, I remember recently, you know, I bought Donkey Kong country returns tropical freeze as a gift for myself. And I remember getting frustrated with it because I, I felt like, I don't know. I feel like they're not as tight as the other games. So I was like, screw this. I'm going to go play Donkey Kong country too. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I plowed through the first three or four worlds of Donkey Kong country two in an evening, just yeah. because I felt like it. And I could do that all the time. Um, it's a re- recurring theme, right? With a lot of the games on these, on this list, as far as our favorites are concerned, they're games that we can always go back to. And you still feel maybe not the same way, but you definitely still feel something. And for me, that's that's the mark of like a, a favorite game. It's something that you can always go back to, and you still feel a certain way about it. And I, I'll always feel that way about not just Donkey Kong Country Two, but the other four games on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like th- I think this is like a really good this whole episode is like a really good look into who we are as like who we are as gamers, right? That's, that's a really yeah. cringy sentence, but, <laughs> but, right. uh, um, but yeah, like, you know, as much as I don't play like, you know, every RPG anymore, uh, you know, I, I, don't have the, I don't have the time to dump 80 hours into an RPG anymore, but like Legend of Dragoon means something to me. Like it's like the first RPG that Correct. I like that I beat. And the, the one, first one that I've ever beat multiple times, you know what I mean? Like, like it was, it, there wasn't like a, like a new game plus thing on it. It was like, no, I just beat it again just cause I wanted to. Shovel Knight is just one of my favorite platformers, like ever. But again, might might be my favorite 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 platformer ever. And just every, <laughs> I know I'm having a joke over here. Um, but yeah, the, again, you just kind of see who we are and what kind of like what kind of formed us in terms of like what we look for in terms of video games, right? Basically, what we want nowadays is essentially just like a a modernized 
refined version of what we've played before and with a, with a new spin on it, right? That's that's how we, how we look at new stuff nowadays. But I think that, like, especially because, you know, I'm... I'm like, there's the meme of, like, you know, game journalists not being able to actually play video games, right? But, like, no, like, I'm not a, I'm not a game journalist by any means. I'm just a guy who likes video games and wants to talk about them, dragging a friend of mine who is a legitimate game journalist and also actually a legitimate gamer as well into the conversation. Right. Yeah, no, I, 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 we made it a point at Twin Galaxies to not be bad at video games. Like, we made it a point to say, oh, no, we are actually, we actually play games and we're actually good at them. And, you know, we, we don't make excuses, right? We don't get stuck on the first thing of Cuphead, the first level of Cuphead. <laughs> yeah, the tutorial we, level. <laughs> yeah, no, we, um, we made it a point to say all that. And so, it's nice to be able to go through these games and say, Oh, I've beaten this. I beat maybe as an adult, you know, I beat a children's game as an adult, but Hey, I still beat it. I still saw the end. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And again, we hope you listeners enjoyed this episode. Bit of a weird ride for us in this last couple of weeks to try to get this episode to actually happen. Um, yeah, I'm not doing this again. Like, if, <laughs> if the audio screws up, whatever, screw it. Like, we're just going to do something else. Just, just go to the next episode. Yeah, let's move along. Yeah. But, uh, listener, thank you so much for giving us the support over this first year of us doing our show. We, like, from the bottom of our hearts, genuinely thank you. We, like, we, again, this is this started off as a passion project for us, and it still is. Like, you know, even if we, we get the chance to finally monetize this one day, we still just want to talk about video games. We, we enjoy these conversations we get to have, get to enjoy uh, what people, like, you know, people who have never experienced these games or have experienced these games, and I like, get to hear you know, our opinion on it and, you know, just, you know, get to re-enjoy a conversation basically about like why we like video games in the first place. Yeah. I mean, if you want to hear more, like we always say, please like subscribe, share with a friend, stay tuned for more. And, you know, we'll hopefully be back to more uh, accommodating digs here moving forward. And (laughs) um, I think we'll, you know, we'll see what the next year brings, but thanks so much for, for a great first year and let's, um, Let's keep it going for year two. Thanks, guys. See you in the next episode. Hold on, I got a burp. It's not coming out. Leave it in. Um, so, like, I would go there and... Damn it, hold on. Oh, dying. Uh, Leave it all in. <laughs> okay, we're fine, whatever. Um. <laughs>